Hold on. Who's mic one? That's you. We gotta hit the on switch. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're about to listen to an episode of The Tour Coach, which is going to give you an inside look at coaching golf at the very highest level from on the PGA Tour with my guys all the way to here at Mobile, Alabama in the Dew Sweeper Dome as we help folks of all skill levels, all walks of life, learn to achieve their golfing goals. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Tour Coach Podcast. My name is Cordy Walker, and in today's episode, you find us gathered out on the back patio after dinner, having a conversation about, you know, what separates elite players from those that don't quite make it and what skill development kind of looks like. This is during a a weekend here just a a few days ago at Frederica Golf Club on St. Simons Island, Georgia. This was on the the first evening of that trip, and you find us gathered around the mics. You got Tony Ruggiero, who is our fearless host of the Tour Coach podcast. We got Mac Barnhart, who's a performance coach and former agent on tour. We've got Jackson Court, who works with Tony on the instruction side, and we have a live studio audience here out on the patio. This was a, an amazing trip. So many great juniors that Tony brought in, and one of the nicest courses, one of the nicest places that I've, that I've literally ever been. It was a great, great time. This is a good conversation. Let's get into it. The rule of three states, things that come in threes are inherently more appealing than those that don't. With the next generation GMC Sierra, Canyon, and Sierra Heavy Duty, we couldn't agree more. Whether you choose to have the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate available only on the next generation GMC Sierra, to confidently take on heavy loads with the available 6.6-liter V8 Duramax turbo diesel in the GMC Sierra Heavy Duty, or to get behind the wheel of the only mid-size premium pickup on the road, the GMC Canyon, you'll realize all three help you do one thing, go professional grade. During GMC's truck month, qualified buyers can get 0% APR financing on most 2019 GMC Sierra and Canyon models. Truck month, like a pro, GMC. Exclude Sierra 1500 AT4 and Denali models and Canyon SL models. Length of contract limited. Some customers will not qualify. Not available with some other offers. Take retail delivery by 531.19. See dealer for details. Pretty special weekend for me. I think everybody knows that one of the things I love most, Mackie, I turned the microphone the other way <laughs> to talk into it. But anyways, uh, other than drinking wine at Frederica, one of the things that I love most is bringing a group of good players and aspiring players that, that want the opportunity to be good to go away for two, three days and have the opportunity to work around people that are the best at what they can do. And this is a cool weekend for me. I mean, this is my first time to come to Frederica. You know, I mean, this is a cool deal. And so unbelievable. He's the acting director, the director of golf. I mean, I think it's a huge deal today that we showed up today, the day Mac Barnhart was named director of golf for Frederica Golf Club. And we're here and he's going to impart, he has imparted through dinner tonight, some wisdom from his years of experience mentoring players because he's been an agent but he's so much more than an agent he's not an agent anymore he's a performance coach he just helps share experiences and jim kaufman the owner of frederica unbelievable guy came out to dinner with us hung out letting us use the place who knows what it's going to be like when we're done so mac thanks for having us as acting dog and uh it's going to be an awesome weekend Thank you, Tony. Yeah, I'm uh, the temporary director of golf until 
um, we can secure someone that can actually do the job. We've had a great guy, Hank Smith, that's been at Frederica for a long time. He's taken a new position. Cannot tell you how good a guy Hank Smith is, how good of instructor he is. So they asked me just to hang on with them until we can find a appropriate person. So, yeah. So, but in that, I'm glad you guys are here. It's going to be fun. So let's talk about the weekend. We've got five young folks, young guys over here. William Juan and his dad are actually sitting here in audiences. I feel like, a little bit feel like this is the price is right, where it's a studio audience. We can, we can take questions at any time. We can take questions. The, we yeah, may li- get them in it. Live um, questions from the we audience. Should. Oh, we probably ought to screen it, but... Um, <laughs> You know, so we've got William going to go play golf at Mississippi State. Uh, you got to see his action day, birdied the eight, the birdied the ninth. I'm sorry, we only played nine us, holes to yes, tie us. Yes. And we've got Winston Margaritas, super talented young guy who lost the swing, which I think, Cordy, you're going to really enjoy looking at over the next few days. Here's a young guy who was incredibly talented, highly recruited. He lost himself. He didn't lose his swing. Lost himself. We started a little over a year ago working in the Dome and just kind of piece by piece. And I mean, to be honest, when I started working with him, I didn't know that. I mean, I just, you know, I was just giving my normal golf lesson. We had some melon camp going on the sound bar back there and we had a little beer. And I mean, it just turned out to be this. And then uh, let's see what we got Dawson Farney. Mac, you love the left hander. My linebacker. Yeah. Kid's a beast. Beast. Left hander can hit it. My analysis of this, and we'll probably tape more through the weekend, is like he's got a good golf swing, physically super talented. He doesn't know how to play at all. He doesn't hadn't figured it out yet, and that's why I brought him here to you. Yeah. What does that What does that mean that he doesn't know how to play golf? Learn how to score. Um, what does that mean? And like, and so Tony's talked about it before. Like, when you're a good player and you have your good days, obviously you can beat anybody. But when you have your bad days, it's about still being in the thick of it. And posting a number that's respectable. And he doesn't know that yet. Yeah, but, you know, golfers are taught on a flat surface on the range. And there's probably very few flat lies on the golf course. And very seldom does the golf ball land in a situation that you have an exact number to hit a ball and everything. So, you know, great golfers are artists. I mean, they're not engineers. They're artists. So... They artistically figure out how to fly a ball to what yeah. they've got to do. And they can see it in their mind like an artist does. And then they re- can let their body allow the golf ball to do that. And most of these guys that get are really super athletes. They don't allow the golf ball to go where it should go. They try to make it go where it can go. And on a flat range, direct flat surface, you can do that. You know, a two degrees above your feet, two degrees below your feet, things change. And, and this is where an artist takes over. So it's almost like you have to teach someone to start allowing the ball to do what their mind sees. That's my opinion. And not make it do what it sees. Is that what you're saying, Tony, then, is like you watch you watch him on the range or in the lesson tee and it's like, shit, that's good. But the, the scores aren't representative yeah, I mean, of what I you think see his on golf the lesson swing's good. And I would use William here as an example in another direction. Like, you know, so William's got a good golf swing, but like, so he's a little f- further along, more advanced. And like, there's been numerous times William's texted me or called me after a round and I'll be like, you know, Hey, saw you shot 69. How'd you hit it? I'm thinking he's going to say, hit it good. And he'll go, I didn't hit it worth shit. 
got it up and down, putted good, but I'll figure it out for tomorrow. Like, right. But that's like what golf is, you know? And like, whereas then you get the, then you get the people that are like, hit it pretty good. Did this, did that shot 75. And probably in their mind, they feel like they hit it. Whoever student X is better than what William feels like he hit it in, but he turned in 68 or nine. And this guy shoots 74, five or six. And I mean, that's, but I, I mean, you've been around a million of them as they become pros and Jackson has too. I mean like, and William who's sitting over there and we may hand him a microphone, but cause he's probably the only one that hadn't drank wine here tonight. <laughs> so, um, like I'm sure William's played, this is a good question for him. Actually. I'm sure you've played rounds with people where you've watched them play golf and all 18 holes. You're like, this guy's hit it pretty good, better than me. And then when you get done and you add it up, you're two or three strokes better. Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. You know, I mean, inside 100 yards, that's well over 50% of your shots. So if you don't do that well, you're you're not going to shoot anything good. So, like, obviously you were a really good high school player going to play college, Mississippi State, SEC, big conference. But when you're, when you're with the average junior golfer, right? I mean, I'm not – talking about it like a huge ajga event how many of the kids are on the range though and they're worried about the six irons and you talked about this earlier mac and i loved it like how many of them are hitting four irons or five irons and they're pissed that they're not hitting their five or four irons right and you're talking about inside 50 yards or 100 yards mac you're like it doesn't matter i mean it doesn't matter how you hit your four iron or five iron relatively it doesn't yeah i mean you see it all the time it's especially with junior golf nobody works on their short game nearly the amount of time that that you see really good players do i mean i think mac can attest to that i think he was talking about it earlier talking about zach johnson spends hours on end at frederica just working on his short game and there are other guys who don't do that and they're not zach johnson they might hit it further than zach johnson they might hit it better than zach johnson but they don't shoot the scores that he does and they don't win majors zach johnson practices to win golf tournaments he doesn't practice to fit some mold. He's like, I know I have to do this to shoot low. I don't talk to him about it. I just watch him. I mean, you can see what he does. He practices where money is made. And it's easy to practice things that you're good at, right? It's normal. But if you took the t- amount of time percentage-wise and practiced, you hit four, 11 drivers a tournament a day. How many putts you hit a day? How many chips you hit a day? How many? You wouldn't hit many drivers on the range. You wouldn't hit many four irons. You would hit tons of wedges, tons of chips, tons of putts. And it seems like that you would just see a, you go to a pro tournament and you wouldn't have room to chip and putt. But it's not true. <laughs> you see him out there with this new phenomenon called the track man and letting a track man tell them what the ball's doing when. I'm pretty sure that Hogan and Mr. Nicholas and Mr. Sneed, they could look at a golf ball and tell you if it's spinning too much or not spinning enough. Or I don't think they spend a lot of time worrying about that. And and I'm not trying to dog it. I think it's great for a teacher to utilize things like that. But it's almost gotten to where you think you're going to control this golf ball on an uneven surface with wind or elevation or, as Mr. DeChambeau says, you know, all the things that he says that you can control. Parametric pressure. Yeah. Coefficient of restitution. I think that's where it's getting off. It's like, you're not going to control this golf ball. You're not going to. And 
I think the more you think you can, I think the more crazy it'll drive you toward the end. And I don't know how much Mr. Nicholas used TrackMan to figure out his stuff. And I don't know how much Mr. Woods used it to check out his stuff earlier on. I don't know. But, I mean, they pretty had much had a pretty good idea of what their ball golf ball was doing from their eyes. So I think these are all things that, you know, when you go play golf, it's like an artist. You have to understand what you can do and when you can do it and how you do it. And that sometimes can't be taught. It has to be learned. And learning means you have to go under pressure, experience things. And when you hit a bad shot under pressure, does it mean you're a failure? No, you might have learned something. But some guys, I've seen them change teachers, change caddies, change agents, change everybody because they are not quite sure what a golf ball is going to do. It's a really silly way to approach it, in my opinion. I would agree. I mean, I think that, and I think the more from a development standpoint, young people, I mean, I obviously I teach some guys that play for a living, some of them better than others, but, you know, the young guys coming up, the more you can help them understand that they can't control the golf. Yeah, they can't control everything. And it's not like a video game. And, you know, I mean, I think the better they're going to be. I mean, you know, and William's a good example. I mean, because I've watched William grow grow up. I mean, that's kind of what I like doing. I mean, I like watching young guys grow up. And, I mean, he's going to college now. I always ask people, they tell me how important golf is. And I said, who finished Sackett in Augusta last year? No one can tell you. I mean, that's a big a big day for a guy to finish Sackett at the Masters. <laughs> and you can't tell me. And I always tell people, results are not what you're after. If you played well and you did what you could do and you didn't win or you didn't win, that's okay. But if you go through your whole life and say, the results are what I'm looking for. I mean, you're going to be disappointed based on someone else's performance. I mean, you can shoot Davis Love... And 95 shot the lowest non-winning score at the Masters. And Ben Crishaw beat him. And Davis did all he could do. And he'd have won every Masters prior to that date with that score he shot. So the result was he finished second. So if you measure your results based on that performance, then you're in trouble because now you're doing something you can't control. But you can't control the fact that you did the best you could do and you shot a score that matched what you could do. And and that's true for life. It doesn't matter. People walk around all the day and they think, I, I'm not as successful as him because I don't make as much money. And they're like, oh, my goodness. Like, So it's like golf. If you finish second and they tell you you moved your ball and you finished fifth, what does that matter? You did your best. Are you proud of yourself? Did you do what you did? And if you do that for your, throughout your life, you're going to be a happy person. And people go, well, that at me thing. He didn't win two majors. And I say the same thing with tour players, like, because obviously the pressure's to win, right? And everybody from coaches, agents, family, everybody wants you to win. And I say, like, well, if you had a year where you made $4 million, but you finished second four times, would it be a shitty year? No, I mean, it wouldn't be a shitty year. I mean, you play great golf because, it, like, as you and I have talked, we talked riding in the cart today, and, and we talked on the phone the other day, like, sometimes you play great. And a guy chips in from behind the green. He does something crazy, whatever. It happens. I mean, like. Ask Norman. <laughs> ask Norman. Is Norman is Greg Norman a failure? Oh, gosh, no. Right. Well, great, I mean, one of the greatest players ever. No, absolutely. And, and I mean, the things that happened to him, I think Bob Toy knocked it in out of the bunker on PGA. Larry Mize, who I adore. I think, like, I love the fact he won the Masters, chipped in. I mean, is he a failure? No, he played incredible golf. 
But this is why you don't get caught up in life on results. It's your own personal endeavor. This is what we're after. We're after becoming the best we can be. And the best you can be is what will satisfy you. It's not going to be the result of that. And I think that Jack Nicholas, I think he's, Mr. Nicholas, as I always like to say to him, is this man finished second in how many majors? Second. <laughs> I mean, that's more important than the fact that he won them as many as he did. That's why you see him and he's always smiling. That's why you see his life is great. I mean, he could have won 30 majors, but he played the best he could and people beat him. And he's like, okay, I'll, you know. And that's what I try to tell people. If you run this through this life that we have and you think you're in control of the results, you're in trouble. But you are in control of how you appreciate what you can do day to day. And there's going to be times you're going to play as good as you can play and somebody's going to play better. What? You didn't win. Well, that's a, that's a misnomer, right? I mean, you did win. You played great. You handled yourself well. And in golf, which is, I think, the craziest game on earth, to watch these guys go out and tell people that they're failures when they finish fifth, like, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, top 20 is incredible when you're playing against these guys. Amazing. And so I just think everybody would have a lot more fun if we just said, listen, you know, we're going to succeed by achieving the goals I'm achieving. And Davis Love is the best at saying this, get lost in the process. Quit worrying about the result. Get lost in the process of going out there and hitting shots to your targets and then come in and add them up. And then that's your day. So let me ask you this. So you've been around a bunch of great players. Yeah. What's the best thing you learned from them? What's the top two things you learned from being around great players? Hmm. And I'm going to ask somebody about somebody else too. No, but I'm saying that Tom Kite and Davis and Justin Leonard and is how much they appreciate their family and friends. That's all I hear. All these guys are incredibly successful golfers. They're happiest with their children, grandchildren. They never come to me and go, man, I'm so glad I won that tournament, or I'm so glad I'm this Hall. I mean, Dave's gotten a Hall of Fame. I mean, Davis, he's so much more proud of his grandchildren than the Hall of Fame in me. I mean, that's, what's, that's what I keep telling guys. Listen, I want you to go achieve all you can can, but it's not going to make you, like, happy. If you follow him on social media, like on Instagram, he posts pictures of his grandkids every day. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the guys, he's one of the amazing guys that we'd rather talk about going snowboarding than we'd talk about tournaments. And all these guys, I'm like, I want you to win tournaments. It's cool. It's fun. But it doesn't mean anything. I mean, you still got your parents with you. You still got your family and your friends. I mean, that's what it all ends up. Go look, at, ask any of them. Who do they hang out with now? Right. And it's and I. And, the goal is is to put everything you have into winning, into achieving as much as you can. But don't allow that achieving to define who you are. And that sounds crazy. Well, it has to define who you are. No, it doesn't. It's, and that's crazy because I make a living. I used to make a living off how much money a guy made. And I would rather say, hey, I'd rather you get through all this and have a really incredible life as a whole. Okay, so last question I'm going to ask. Last deep sweeper question. If you look at all the great players, and then we've all been around guys that are really good, but like they weren't great. And we've all known guys that were like talented, but they weren't great. Is there anything you can pinpoint that's different between them? As far as the results and like tournaments? Or how they did it. The guys that seem to have an overall balance of life and happiness is the guys that were not defined by the results of their play. 
and who they are as people were not designed, but whether they want a major, not a major, two majors, eight majors, those are the happiest people I know. So, but no, I mean, the results don't define you. And that's the happiest guys I know. And I, that's all I deal with. And if you want to go to like guys that really perform well, is they knew how to apply their strengths to the game. What do you mean by that? Um, people that are considered long hitters knew how to use that to advantage. People that were short hitters knew how to use their short game to the advantage. They knew what they had when they went into the fight. And they didn't try to be somebody they weren't. And the guys that said, you know, I'm a good player, but I want to be a, I want to hit it longer, which, you know, chicks dig the long ball. That's the way it always works. <laughs> um, Jackson. But chicks dig the long ball. But, and these guys that go try to find distance, it's like you have this incredible talent and then you're like, well, that's not enough. I want this other talent. And it's like the guys that understand who they are. Brian Gay is one of my favorite people. Awesome guy. Huh? People ever. I mean, the guy is, I mean, he, he's, gosh, he's closing on 50. I think he's top 30 FedEx right now. He's up there for sure. And this guy's not, I mean, he's not a, he's not a bomber. I can promise you. But Could have played a set of tees up with us today. But he could, he will beat you with what he's got because he knows what he's got. Right. So I think it's like acknowledge what you have, understand what you can't get and quit worrying about it. But there's a lot of guys that ruin their whole games by trying to get stuff they don't have. Instead of focusing on, hey, well, I got this. I think that's a little bit my profession. You and I talk about my profession all the time. I think that's a little bit our fault. I try to not do it, but I think we like we get into saying everybody's got to do this or everybody's got to do that instead of looking what a guy could do really good and say like, you know what? I mean, maybe this guy <laughs> only hits this. it two ninety, but man, he can. Guy puts the shit out of him. I mean, like never misses. Like you know, like. Why couldn't this guy make it, you know, but where, and, and I think that's a, I think that's a negative and you going back to what you said about track man. And I mean, I've got a track man, a quad, I've got, I mean, I got all the shit and Jackson turns it on for us, but like, I, I look at it like this, you're a home run hitter and you can only hit it 15 feet over the wall and you go, you know, I want to hit it 35 feet over the wall. Let's change my batting. Like, wait a minute, you hit it long enough to get it out of the park. What is your problem? Well, I know, but the other guy hits it further out of the park than me. But they're both called home runs, right? So it's like when you can hit it far enough to play the game of golf, then what is you, what is it that you want to hit it 10 more yards? I, again, I'm the shortest shooter on, in the world. And I, gosh, I would love someone be amazed how far I can hit it. And I know there's guys on tour that would feel more masculine if they could hit it further. But I'm like, man, you're on tour. You can play golf. Why would you ruin your golf swing? But a lot of guys do it. I've seen it. No, I've seen guys change clubs, same shafts. Same, I mean, to try to get 15 yards. And I get it. I'm going back to chicks dig the long ball. I know. But, you know, chicks dig big checks, too. So I'm like, let's go Didn't make some money. You know where you're going there thing. with big. Yeah, Shot yeah, yeah. shapes, too. Sorry to jump in, but like I know distance is a huge thing now too, but it's also shot shapes. Like people who hit hit a fade all day long, and all of a sudden they want to hit it right to left. Mm. Well, I think the thing I've heard over and over again from people is like the minute you stop being you, you try to be somebody else, is when you fall into trouble. Whether it's golf or whatever you do in life, golf right? golf is life. Life is golf, guys. It's being what you are and who you are and doing what you can with it, but. 
you know, succeeding with someone else's like playbook. It won't even feel like succeeding. You're only going to feel like you're succeeding when you're doing how you doing it your way and letting what come. And that's what success is. It's when you get through with this is like, I did it my way. It's like Frank Sinatra. Is that it? I mean, if you look back in golf, I look back at Sam Snead, who I met Mr. Snead a few times, and you look back at this thing, man, these guys didn't have all this stuff Mm-mm. to like, they just did what they did. And like, now they go back and analyze their golf swings like they were like planned. No, that's just how they swung, right? And and I always tell people, I would rather be successful with what I can do, right, than to have major success at doing what somebody else does. Right. Is that if that makes sense? So, you know, I always tell guys, if you just do what you can do, man, it's fun. Like, but if you go out and become a machine and try to change what's going to change, you're going to get under pressure one day and it's not going to work. Right. So it's like starting from the beginning is like, this is what I got. and I'm going to take it as far as I can go instead of trying to become. I mean, I mean, how do you learn how to swing like Tiger Woods or Fred Couples or Davis, I mean, that's who they are. No, I agree with you. Thousand percent. So oftentimes the people that we see on the range with the pretty swing and the best, you know, mm-hmm. shots on the range aren't the people that end up winning tournaments, right? Yeah. And even let's say long term, right? The people you see in college doing that aren't necessarily people that you see succeeding long term. What do you think is the the difference between somebody that we all think is gonna do well? They look good, they look the part, but they end up not having the results and why somebody that doesn't necessarily look the part ends up being able so to why does have Jim, the results. why does Jim Furyk play the way he's done? Sure, yeah. Because Jim Furyk is Jim Furyk. That's his swing. <laughs> it's been his swing. It's his swing his dad taught him. He wasn't conscious about people saying it doesn't look right or whatever. He did his swing. Because under pressure, he could trust him. When you learn something and you like, I'm going to create, let's say, Adam Scott's swing. If you or tiger, if you want to create one of those swings that to me that looks unbelievable, you can go create that. But will you trust it at the absolute time you need to trust it? Because I'm not saying you can't, but if it's not your deal, I mean you can't trust it. So I, the difference is, is we're going to go back to this word authentic. Mm-hmm. Jim Furyk's swing is authentic. That's his swing. Fred Couples' swing, even Tiger, and even look. Adam Scott's swing is authentic. I mean, it's incredibly perfect. I mean, Davis Love, his swing is, that's Davis Love's swing. You can look at it, it ain't going to change. Heck, Winston, who's here this weekend, wants to swing him in like 1993. He said that on the phone today. I want to swing like we all, we, we all want to swing like we learned when we started hitting a golf ball because that's how your body moves. It's how it works. It's like dancing. I mean, under pressure, it's going to happen. But if you've faked something or if you've tried to make something look away, under the pressure, it's going to come apart eventually. But I think the authentic things that we do, we stay ourselves, whether it's whatever. But learning a golf swing, when the pro sees a golf swing, I mean, could you imagine Jim Furyk walking in and somebody going, if he just said, look, I can't break 90, what's wrong? And the guy's like, well, here's 12 things are wrong. <laughs> 100%. And he could turn around and go, well, I'm one of the best players to ever play the game. What do you think now? Because like, it's like the motion. Mm-hmm. Right, but that's his motion. How many work. teachers, honestly, would have let him would have, swing? Like would that? have changed him and ruined him? Oh gosh, a lot. Everybody, right? Most everybody. I mean, it's going to what he told them. I mean, if he told them, I'm, you know, I'm a, I shoot ninety. They all changed him. 
if he'd have told him how good he was, maybe only like 30% would have changed him. His dad had seen it his whole life, and his dad knew not to change him, right? I mean, in reality, the golf club at impact has to be somewhere in the vicinity of aiming toward the ball's going. Now, what happens before and after really is inconsequential to me. I mean, I know there's a lot of teaching that says, well, this happens, but I mean. It makes it e- can make it easier, but if a guy can already do it and he's really good at putting it there the same way every time, what's it matter? Calvin Pete. Do you anybody know oh, that name? Oh, my gosh. He drove it in um, a Dixie Cup. Um, the guy could have, like, drove the ball on the putt-putt course. I mean, it was stupid. But it's like, have you ever noticed these guys that just have what they have? I mean, they just have it. And the only ones that ruin it are ones that have what they have, and then they go, that's not good enough. But I like the guys, I like teaching the guys that know what they have. That, like, you know what, guy may hit a little short, or guy may have a little funky move at the top, or a guy's got a little funky takeaway. And I like those guys, but they already think, shit. I'm just going to go beat the shit out of the guys. What's this kid doing? I mean, my God, this, this kid... The OSU guy, yeah, Matthew Wolf. Matthew Has Wolf, anybody right? seen this kid? Yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, shit, I mean, how do you out. teach that? But I think the guy will give everybody four aside and like take you on. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. But this is. But when you see a kid, do you, how do you take the club back? Does it matter? I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean it was the first and second and the individual. Who's it? Fisk from. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. What college is he at? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the one and two, right? In in the NCAA are. Crazy as unconventional as you get. Golf is abstract art, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely. Not, it's, I love that. Yeah, I I love the fact that Nicholas. I mean, you couldn't teach his putting stroke. It's, it, it always amazes me. He's probably the best pressure putter ever, and I don't see anybody mimicking him on the putting green. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like this guy's the best ever. I at actually making tried putts. today because it, it was pretty it, rough. It didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Think about all this stuff, like. Nicholas, the way he putted, it was kind of awkward looking, but he made everything under pressure. And you don't see anybody mimicking that, right? And so it's always comical to me that that's just how he putted. And everybody's like, did he learn to putt? That's how he putted. Got a question for you, Mac. Back to Cordy's question. Do you think that authenticity plays into or is different from focus or determination because, like, I think, back to your question, what, what separates those people? I, th- I think, like, what stands out to me about Jack, and we talked about this on the radio on Monday, T, was, like, nobody talks about Jack's swing, right? Even though he's got 18 majors. When you think about Jack, you think about his focus, his intensity on the course. Do you think having that swing and that authenticity plays into that, or do you think it's different? That's just kind of where my mind goes to that question. I think when you get up out of a chair and walk, toward the bathroom or the bar, how you walk is how you walk. And that's your natural thing. And if I said, hey, look, everybody's looking at you. I need you to walk this way. You wouldn't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. I think we try to look at swings in the picture and we want it to look right. And every human's different. And the guys that are authentic in how they swing the golf club and how they move and how they see things are the ones that have the most success overall and over a long period of time. Like, so is it authentic that, I mean, I don't, like I say, you look at a golf swing, all you really need to look at is impact. That's all you need to make. I heard this old story. All the details may not be correct, but the gist of it's correct. But it was an old, back in the day when Jack was, I mean, Jack was the king, right? Mr. Nicholas, yes. Mr. Nicholas, yes. right? <laughs> and 
at the golf digest schools, they would all meet at the beginning of the year and they would plan what they were going to teach. And they were all talking about, you know, what they would do with this, what they would do that. And Dr. Kerry Middlecoff, who great player, right? And Dr. Middlecoff's just listened to everybody talking and he said, there's not one of us in this room that have kept Mr. Nicholas from winning 14 of those majors. <laughs> you know, like he's the guy, right? Like, and I think that like as teachers though, I mean, like I think sometimes like you get a guy that's uber talented, this Matthew Wolf or whatever, like our jobs to just keep them from not doing something stupid and hurting themselves. We're not going to like uh, Gigi teaches Matthew. He's great. How player. do we allow them to be themselves? Right. Like, does that make your job harder or easier as a coach? It's harder if you want to be the center of attention. It's easier if you just want to have fun and just help the, and do your job. Super easy with super talented guys. Like you're just like, like I tell him all the time because he referred him to be like Lucas is the easiest teaching job in the world. Allow him to do what he was built to do. You know, I think it was Michelangelo that, and he said, well, because it's always funny at this time of night, but. You know, he didn't chisel Davis. He chiseled away what wasn't David. And I think that's golf instruction. Like, get out the stuff that's not them and let them be. And that's what a, a great instructor does. I, Butch Harmon. I mean, like, no one's going to look the same at doing what they do. But don't let them do stuff that's not them. And that's tougher, I think, over the long term than saying it's so easy to say, well, look at Adam Scott swing. He's here. But... You know, Adam's Adam's body and his physique is different than other people's physique. And golf is, again, I go back to, is a game of chess. It's not anything other than chess. It doesn't matter how strong you move the pieces. It doesn't matter. It's how you move the pieces. And people think, well, if I move this piece stronger than the other guy, I can win. It really isn't. It's really about a chess game. And if you watch people play golf that are really good, whether long hitters, short hitters, the guys that learn how to play chess the best are the guys that win. And I think that's Mr. Nicholas, Tiger. And now Brooks Kepka's got it figured out that, you know what? <laughs> I'll He's just, got it figured out. I'll just beat you all I got. I don't know. but And that's the fun of it. But, again, teachers should find out everything the guy can do and take out what they can't do out of their golf swing and say go from there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com to get all the details on what he's up to. Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. There's one thing if you know about me, if you've listened to the Dew Sweepers, you've come to listen to me talk, is you know I'm big on loyalty. We give 100% here at the Dew Sweepers. We put a lot of emotional investment into everything we do with every one of our players. 
And the same can be said for our partners and the folks that have been with us for the long haul and help the dew sweepers, help our juniors, help us get to our tour players. And so I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors. Our sponsors are first and foremost, Buick and our local Buick dealers here around the Southeast, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, who've been with me for over a dozen years and their belief and support of what we do here with the dew sweepers. And lastly, the folks at Vineyard Vines, the folks at Vineyard Vines, love what we do with junior golf. They support us on the road. There isn't a better family or group of people that are going to help us look our best, play our best, and have more fun than the folks at Vineyard Vines. So special thanks to our sponsors. Please support those as you get the opportunity. And for more information about any of those, check us out at dewsweepersgolf.com, or you can always check me out on Instagram at the dewsweeper.